Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage. People don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. Pam, 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 pam. Yeah, <laughs> great, great to be working with you once again. Hey, man, I'm having more fun the more we do this. We're in the God's will, yeah, season. Yeah, holy cow, we've covered truth and non contradiction. Today, we are covering the principle of causality. Yes, we are. Would you give us some background on this topic, Pastor Joel? Sure thing. So again, we started the season with truth and deception. Truth is a right what with the right how and why or facts that create over the long term. Now we're looking at how do we determine truth? We continue covering the four principles that determine truth. We already started with the principle of non-contradictions, the principle of non-contradiction, knowing that contradictions don't exist in reality. The presence of a contradiction proves something is not true. So if I have a contradiction in my life or in an area, I ought to check my premises. Today, we cover the principle of causality, which is simply for every effect, there is a cause. Now, we've discussed this at length in the God's existence episode. Right. Yeah. But today we're going to look at this definition as it relates to us determining truth. Okay, so this is a different different application of causality. Right. Okay. So similar to when we, we did an episode on fellowship versus relationship. Yes. Tailored to this term of what does it look like to have fellowship with God and Jesus versus a personal relationship. Then we did an entirely new episode last season on fellowship but as it related to one of the causes of church. So kind of similar here where we've touched a lot on causality, but it was to prove out what's the right way to handle God's existence as it relates to God's nature. Here we're going principle of causality as it relates to determining truth. Nice. So a lot of the foundation is going to be the same, but Mm -hmm. a lot of the, the different sides of the argument are going to be different. And, and it, I think it's just, it's going to be a little bit more philosophical, like non-contradiction was. Excellent. How have people been hurt by this topic in the church? Or like we say, how has this topic caused disunity? Well, the church largely focuses on effects and thinks it's helping, helping people. Like I have a problem I need help with. I need direction in life. What are the answers? Pray more, have faith. God works in mysterious ways. He's in control, et cetera, et cetera. These are all effects. Mm. And this is largely the manner in which the church has been helping people for years. Got it. When, when this issue impacts the church, this causality and how the church responds there, We've seen that there is a strict side that forms and a loose side that forms. So what is the strict side 
and how have they responded to this conflict? Well, the strict side simply treats effects like causes. Or if they recognize a cause, like why something happened, they stop short at the tangible. So this side agrees things happen for a cause. It's okay to ask why. But they ignore or they're ignorant of the original or intangible causes. So here's an example of what this could look like. Mm -hmm. Pastor Jonathan, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. You might ask why. My answer would be, thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) uh, You got it. I want to (laughs) know. And my answer could be having a hard time sleeping. And I stop there. That's a tangible cause. It's not intangible. I'm having a hard time sleeping is a tangible cause. What these people stop short at is they don't keep asking why until they get to the original or intangible. So we should go another step or go get into the point where ask why again, well, why are you having a hard time sleeping? Well, maybe, and if maybe I'll get to the point where I'll be able to say, well, I'm unsettled. I'm having too many thoughts. My thought, pro- it's thought process issues. Now I'm at the point where it's an intangible, the original cause that's actually resulting in me being tired. So asking why once isn't always enough. But ultimately, it's this focus on effects that is the issue. And it becomes obvious when it comes to a conflict. Now, the people on this side of the argument only look at the immediate effect and they force people to change as if it is a cause. But the conflict continues. So this could be like the pastor, if I talk to a pastor about being tired or exhausted, that I'm having a hard time sleeping, his response just being, you should just pray for more energy. Pray that God gives you the energy to make it through your day. A focus on the effect. The energy is an effect. Doing it as if it's a cause that I can go after something I'm in control of, something Mm -hmm. that will actually help me. But the conflict of me being exhausted will still continue no matter how much I pray because it really comes down to a thought process issue. So that's like me saying to you, oh, if you're if you're exhausted because you're having a hard time sleeping, well, then get more sleep. That would be another. Yeah, but do that's it. still a, do get go to sleep, go to sleep then. What what's what's the problem? Just close your eyes and go <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> Just go, just do it. Just do it. Just get more sleep. Exactly. So that's all. Anything that is that way is turning this effect into a cause. If you're depressed, we talked about this before, right? If you're depressed, well, be happy. Right. Yep. Do it. Stop thinking, you know, maybe do positive self-talk. Stop thinking of those negative things. Just do that. It's like, no, that doesn't get to the root, the root cause, the intangible cause, the original cause of the issue. Yeah. Awesome. So when dealing with determining truth, this side ought to progress towards the intangible causes, which you and me are very, very focused on definitions, doctrine, right? Totally. 
when people on the strict side are asked to define their terms, they don't, which is an abuse of the principle of causality because asking for a definition is the same as asking what is the cause or the meaning of that term. How do these people support the strict perspective with the Bible? They can use any and all scripture. That's not fair. Yeah, it just made my job of research a lot easier, didn't it? It's not fair that I didn't have to give you a verse, or it's not fair that they can use any verse. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, a big move on this side of the argument is for a pastor to answer any question with, because the Bible says so. Oh. So they treat the tangible, which what is written in the Bible is tangible. They treat what is written as if it's a first cause. Okay. The written word is just a what. It's an effect. Huh. There is a why. And then ultimately the how or the doctrine or the causal principle-based definition to whatever we're trying to determine. I can't use because the Bible says so as if it's me embracing causality or if it's me giving you a reason behind why I'm telling you to do something. Oh, because the Bible said so is not actually a reason. It is not a reason. It's another what. Because it's not a first cause. So the Bible in the beginning, the Bible wrote itself is not right. Is that would be the first cause if the Bible was a book that was right. always written. And we know the first cause can't be tangible. Right. right? Okay. Which is, so this actually where one of the areas I see this come out is in one of the most famous children's songs in Christianity, full stop. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. How many kids are we singing this song to showing them that the support for the very foundation of our Lord and Savior and the decision he made to die for our sins is because the Bible says so? Oh, man. You're yeah. brutal. I know. I'm ruining You're this song. Brutal. This song has been ruined for me, and now I'm ruining it for everybody else. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, this is how I've that... sung it to my son. Oh, you you said you said okay. I changed oh, I can't the words. Wait. Okay, uh huh. Jesus loves me. This I know. For God is right and just. This is so. <laughs> there you go. It's why does God? Why does He love me? Because He's right and just. Oh, wow. That's true, whether it's written down or not. It's been a while since I've sung that song. I know. Sounds like a banger. (laughs) Yeah, it hasn't caught on. No, no, it's not not quite the same ring, but so much healthier for someone's brain. Yeah, but I mean, the argument goes to, we use this argument, then anybody with any worldview, including including any other religion, can use that same argument. We can't tell tell them that they're wrong. Yeah, or else we'd be be hypocritical to say that that method, you know. What makes makes our religion right? Right. Because our Bible says it's true? So does every other... I'm just going to write a book that says, oh, and by the way, everything in this book is true. And then you have to believe it. Right. That sounds ridiculous. 
And how else would you handle an interaction with someone who held that perspective? Oh, geez. Yeah. Like, what kind of went We're already in it. We're already, already in yeah. it, dude. Well, this is, uh, this will take a bigger picture view. The defense strategy here, how we handle people on the strict side as it relates to causality is any, what's your definition question? Okay. What you and I are doing when we're asking people, what do you mean? What's your definition? Is we're embracing causality. And if we're talking about the Bible, we could just say, I agree that's what the Bible says, but what does it mean? The issue here is, you know, when people don't want to embrace causality, they're going to have a hard time answering any of these questions anyways. And when they don't, really what they're doing is they're proving they don't want truth. They're proving they just want to remain comfortable in their own beliefs. Cool. That's awesome. To summarize the strict perspective is we're treating effects like causes. Yeah. You, you're tired, get more sleep. You need to be happy. You know, you're depressed, be happy. Right. Just these, these effects like causes, just do these effects, just have these effects. Right. Pray, have it, have faith. When you don't have faith, have it, get it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. More, get more. It's like, how do yeah. I even do that? Yep. Why that doesn't, and that doesn't make sense. And then, you know, treating the effects like causes are, you know, because the Bible says so. Or right. parents saying to their kids, because I said so. Is yep. I'm they're the treating that I'm the first cause. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. And it's really this focus is on the tangible, the immediate cause. And this is legalism. This is yeah. following a list of behaviors and not breaking what this law or this list says of effects. Right. Well, before we jump into the loose side, why don't we take a call from <laughs> Pastor Richard Tater, McMillan, Alabama. All right. Go ahead, Pastor Tater. You are on the line. Hello, Pastor Joe, Pastor Donovan. It is I, Pastor Richard Tater, the ever-present, the enthusiastic, the energetic friend of yours who has been enjoying this journey so much. I am so happy to be here. You know, I shared the answer before I was trained to give. Uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, and that reason is God made it happen. So who are we to question it? <sighs> that answer is so full of contradictions, it makes me more upset than a than a pastor who got kicked out of a church. <laughs> Excellent. So you have used the first principle that we've covered to show that this answer can't be the truth. <laughs> well, is it non-contradiction and causality obvious to everyone? Well, it is when they want to prove someone else wrong. You know, people don't realize they're hurting themselves when they use these principles on others, but avoid using these on themselves. I know you have two more principles to share, but I don't think I need any more, uh, to be honest. Uh, once people understand non-contradiction and causality, they want to help others. <laughs> well, I have trained restoration coaches, and our church is growing. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. 
So why is it growing? Jonathan wants to know the cause of the growth. Did you see what I did there? <laughs> oh, Pastor Joe, you are the funniest person in the entire <laughs> world. You know, I I always love you, Joe, yeah. because you explain them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yes, uh, Pastor Jonathan. Uh, I, I believe the reason why our church is growing is that people need to be mentally and emotionally restored. And we are the only people in this area who are able to do that because of the restoration program. Oh, wow. Great answer. Could life get any better, Pastor Tater? You know, every time I think not, it gets better. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll thank God for the restoration program. I- I'm going to hang up now and listen. This was my favorite podcast. To hate. God bless. Thank you, Pastor Tater, for the call. Man, so excited, so energetic. Pastor Joel, I believe Pastor Tater is doing so well because he's actually focusing on helping others. Yeah, I agree. And he has come a long way from the quote-unquote helping people by blaming God for everything that is happening. Oh, man. 100%. Awesome. Well, we've covered the strict side of this perspective. Let's talk about the loose side. What is the loose side, Pastor Joel? Randomness. Ah, yes, yes, yes. There is no cause. We just go with the flow. God wants it to be that way. You know, like Pastor Tater said, who are we to question him? And that's this side. We can't understand it. We're not supposed to understand it. So why even bother? And how have people been hurt by that perspective? People are missing out on getting control of their lives. When I ignore the damage that I've caused in my life, and in other people's lives, I'm also ignoring the power I have to repair that damage. So ultimately, I'm hurting myself and others. How would you handle an interaction with someone who held this perspective? Well, if the, if randomness, if everything's random, do you ever try to help other people? And if everything's random, I guess you never complain when something bad happens to you, right? Hmm. Yeah, I don't nice. know how people are going to like those answers. No kidding. Because even when we embrace randomness, we still love to have a, the ability to complain about bad things happening. A hundred percent. Yeah. So when you see this going on in the church, the strict side and the loose side and how they've responded to this topic, what are your thoughts? I see three different groups of people. There's a group I feel sorry for. These are the people who either ignore the causes and focus on the effects or they attribute everything to randomness. Now, these people are out of control and they have no hope to get in control of their lives. There's the group I understand why they do what they do. These are people frustrated with religious people because they've been taught a bunch of laws meant to control the effects that come out regardless of their uniqueness and then are met with rationalizations from the religious authorities every time they ask why 
Then there's the group of people I'm impressed with. These are people who embrace causality, even when it means they find that they are or they were the cause of some damage. Because these people care at least as much about why something happened as they do what happened. Nice. So what is the ultimate answer? The ultimate answer is causality is cause and effect. That's an important distinction to make because a lot of people, when they are taught this and when they embrace it, oftentimes causality becomes just the causes, but causality is both halves. It's cause and effect. For every effect, there is a specific cause. And this goes all the way back to the first cause. Again, season two, episode five, check it out. And we know that God is that first cause and he is very definitely intangible. The opposite of causality is randomness. There are no causes. Things are random. Now, similar to the principle of non-contradiction, causality is a God-given principle. This is the second of four that we're going to cover that when used together, that when used together, that when used together Aha. will determine truth. Got it. So we need to use them together? Yes. Thank you. I feel you, heard. You got it. I hear you. <laughs> No, I love that. I'm so glad you said I'm so glad yeah, you said that. We need that all four together. Four together. Yep. And and we'll see. We we've seen you and I have seen one of the abuses of these four principles that we'll end up covering all four is when they're used piecemeal or just one one is used and not the other three. So yeah, it's important they're all four used. Cool. And I'll continue to hammer that point. Go, go for it. But for now, let's. Let's break down causality a little bit more. Because people don't really believe things are random. No one would ever let me smack them in the head and let me off when I said, hey, that was totally random. Nobody would let me support my flawed point with there is no cause. And more often than not, what we see is this mentality of, well, since we don't immediately know the cause, we must not be able to know it or we're not supposed to know it. So there's no reason to try to even determine it. Or my favorite, since we can't know all the causes, we shouldn't try to understand any of them. Yeah. Now people think this leads to freedom, but it doesn't. Hmm. Not in the long term anyways. But here's a familiar Bible verse. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Sowing and reaping are both halves of the same whole. Just like causality is cause and effect. Sowing and reaping are the cause and the effect. This verse ties this principle of causality directly to God, and those who fight it are deceived and attempting to mock God. Wow. Now we're seeing again, we, we saw how the principle of non-contradiction is so important and how we interpret the Bible. Here we can also see with causality, the entire Bible is written in cause and effect fashion and is misinterpreted when people believe an effect can only come from one cause. It's said another way, specific causes lead to specific effects. 
but the same effects don't necessarily come from the same causes. Here's a classic example you and I like. If I close my eyes for 60 seconds while I'm driving my car 100 miles per hour, the <laughs> result will likely be an accident. Such an extreme example. That's <laughs> so great, though. It is because you're like, oh, you'd for sure get in an of accident. Of course you're going to yeah. get into an accident. Right. Yeah. Well, the accident or the effect <laughs> came from a person closing his eyes and driving fast. The cause. Yes. That's why the accident happened. However, it'd be silly for me to think that every accident happened because the driver was closing his eyes for 60 seconds and driving 100 miles per hour. I'm surprised he made it to 60 seconds. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so one of the reasons people view the Bible as contradictory is because they believe effects have only one possible cause. Mm. We yeah. see in the Bible that it clearly states that what is on the inside of people is the cause and their actions, their behavior is the effect. Why are you closing your eyes and driving a hundred miles an hour for 60 seconds? Right. <laughs> Why right. are you doing that? Yeah. Right. What is wrong with you? Yeah. What's going on inside that brain of yours? <laughs> yeah. That is okay. crazy. There is a deeper cause here. Now, although the Bible says that what's on the inside of people is the cause and their actions are the effect. The Bible doesn't say that all people who display similar actions have the same internal motivation. Right. Yet we're quick to judge people's intentions based on their actions. Yeah. Now look at Matthew chapter six. Here's a real quick example. Matthew chapter six talks about giving to the poor. This is a what? This is an effect. And it, compares and contrasts different reasons. So here we have in Matthew chapter six proof that giving to the poor can happen for multiple different causes. Two options are one for the glory from man or two. So the father rewards me in heaven. So what that means is I can't or shouldn't quickly judge somebody who's giving to the poor as if it's for a specific cause that I know for sure. Mm. It could be for a different reason than what I know. And that's the same with every effect. I can't always know for sure what cause is the foundation for whatever the effect is I'm seeing. Now, I'm not saying you can't know the causes by looking at the effects. We're supposed to do that. However, immediately assuming that the effect has only one possible cause can and often does lead to wrong conclusions because once again, we are humans. We don't always have all the information. In fact, more often than not, we need more information. Right. Now when determining truth, which like God, truth is very definitely intangible. The principle of causality helps us get to the intangible causes that work in every context. And finally, the tips for use. Yay. How do I embrace the principle of causality yeah. in my own life? Ask yeah. why. Nice. And ask it. Keep asking it until you get to the intangible cause. Like with the sleeping example we used earlier. Have, I'm really tired. I'm exhausted. I'm having a hard time sleeping. Keep asking why until you get to the root cause or the intangible cause. This is one of my favorite things about you, Pastor Joel, is that that's how I feel like you've found a lot of truth. 
just, just keep you, asking you, why until you get yeah, to the bedrock, right? Exactly. That's an amazing way to help yourself, to help other people. At, keep asking why. When the Bible says that wisdom's the principal thing, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Wait, well, wait a minute. Shouldn't it say wisdom's the principal thing, so get wisdom? Right. Well, it kind of does, because what, what is wisdom? Wisdom's doctrine, right? So the way to get to doctrine is to ask why and why and why and why, or to pursue understanding and understanding and understanding until you get to that wisdom. Eventually, you'll hit the foundational or intangible cause. Nice. Ask why. And here is another one that may be even harder for a lot of people is to answer why when people ask you why. It's another way to embrace causality. It's a lot easier to ask why than it is to answer the why questions when they're on you. But both are important. Plus, we want to be men and women of integrity. So if we're going to ask why, we should be okay someone asking us why as well. So why is answering why difficult? Because it's it's confrontational. Because <laughs> every time I'm asking you, why are you doing something? I'm confronting your thought process. I'm confronting your internal motivation behind whatever it is your behavior is. So when you ask someone why, it can feel very like it's it's exposing. You're exposing. It is. It is. It's it's vul- it, It's facilitating vulnerability. Amazing. Which is great. It's really healthy, but it is vulnerable. And because it's vulnerable, there's a risk hmm. and it's uncomfortable. Amazing. Wow. What a fantastic topic. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.